Good morning. Welcome to the new week. Monday morning. Happy Monday. Beautiful sunny day here in Toronto. Um, in this video, I want to share with you uh, one vice that hurts businesses. And the reason I think this is important is that as you grow as a leader, as your business grows, you are going to understand that all problems are your fault. Okay. <laughs> And I say that in the nicest way possible because the reality is that once you accept responsibility for the stuff that happens in your business, you have the, you have the power to control and change it, right? Uh, versus thinking that everything's out of your power, right? Out of your control. So I'm reading a book by uh, Patrick uh, Lencioni called... Um, what is it called? Oh my God, The Five Temptations of a CEO, something like that. I can't even remember. It's on my Kindle, so I can't see the book cover. It's just, I'm almost finished it. Uh, there's five temptations, and I want to, five vices, if you will, and I want to, what I think, summarize most of them into one, which is uh, what I want to share with you here, and I want to share this with you because the thing about business is that a lot of us get caught up in the tactics and strategies, but very often we overlook the simple things, right, and this is something that what I'm about to share with you, I think, is the number one thing that holds people back from their dreams. Like I'm talking about, like this is the big thing that holds you back from um, selling more, getting more money coming into your business, helping more people. Um, I think also having better relationships, um, being a better leader in your family, and it all comes down to this. Okay, the number one vice that is hurting businesses is the need to be liked. Okay, let that sink in for a second. The number one vice that's hurting your business, or really anything, anyone's business, is the need to be liked. I've often told all of our clients uh, repeatedly, like the one thing that will hold you back in life is the need to get approval or, or be liked by other people. How this shows up is in, in many ways, okay? Think about this. Why don't, let me, let me ask you a couple questions. If you're on with me live here on Instagram, what's up? If you're live with me on the Facebooks, what's up? I want you to answer this question. How many of you email your list more than once per week? What's up, Richard? Good to see you, buddy. Just by a show of hands, you can just say like, yeah, that's me. I email my list more than once a week. And if you don't respond, I'll assume that you don't. Now, I can't see all the comments here. I can see a few of them, I think, but... Um, not everything, but anyways, if you don't email your list more than once a week, my question is why, right? Um, what about how often do you post on social media? Not that I'm a huge fan of posting on social media, as you guys know, but let's just say that if you're going to play that game, it's important to talk about volume, right? Even Gary Vee will talk about volume. You know, all the, all the leaders will talk about, you have to be omnipresent, posting very, very frequently. Um, on Instagram, for instance, the recommendations three times a day, right? Now, recommendation versus best practice versus what works. Again, like the more, like literally the more, the better. So why don't people post more often on social media? Well, I think there's two reasons. Number one, they don't have a strategy. They don't know what to post. But second is the same reason that more people don't email their lists more often. Okay. Richard, laziness. Yeah. Totally. I mean, that, that as well, right? I, I think uh, <laughs> that's another human vice, right? So if we look at 
why don't we email our list more often? Why don't we post more often on social media? Or why don't we uh, ask harder questions in selling conversations with potential patients or clients? And all three of those come down to the same thing, is we are afraid of disapproval from other people, right? If we email our list too often, we might piss people off and they might unsubscribe. Big deal, right? If we post too often on social media, it might upset people. They might unfollow us. Who cares? If we ask hard questions in selling conversations, we might feel that we're stepping on someone's toes. Again, but who cares, right? These are the very things, and a lot of times we're not aware of this until we really, really start to think about this. But these are the things that are going to hold us back from the big things we want to do in life, okay? Is the, if you can tap into this and become aware of how this is showing up in your business and how it's showing up in your life, and you're able to course correct, now you're going to see things change quite dramatically. As you know, I don't have any hair. I lost my hair when I was 17 years old. Big deal, right? I get people leaving comments on my stuff all the time that are not necessarily very nice. If I were to take all of those comments personally, I would I would hide under my bed most of the time, right? And the thing in business is you have to develop thick skin because your vision needs to be big needs to be bigger than the minutia that people are throwing at you. And if we can recognize that what other people think of us doesn't matter as long as, again, like the people closest to you, for instance, like family, right? I think that matters a bit more. But when you start to worry about what people who you don't even know, who are like, they're simply a name on your email list or a follower on social media you've never met. If we start to worry about what they might think because we post something or we don't post often enough or too often or whatever it is, that's going to hold you back from everything. I'll give you another example. So, um, my wife just opened up her Etsy shop again, beautiful bracelets. She does crystal bracelets. They're amazing. And she's done over like 9,000 sales in the past you know, two years. Um, but she took a year off because of, you know, we had our, our little one last year and she reopened the store and forever since she started, I told her, I'm like, babe, you're way, way undercharging for what you're doing. Like she's making everything from scratch. It's amazing quality stuff. And I told her, I'm like, you should be charging twice this amount because I've been to stores, I've been to events where they're selling similar bracelets for five times the price and people don't even bat an eye. It's like, yeah, I'll take two. And so the thing was that, you know, she had a hang up around the pricing because she felt that some people wouldn't afford it. And I said, obviously, some people are not going to be able to afford it. I'm not saying like price gouge. I'm just saying increase the price so that it actually makes more sense for your time. And it's a better representation of the value of the beautiful creation you're creating. And so she was worried because of what other people might think, right? Some people might get pissed off because they're in Canada and she's charging US dollars, or they might get pissed off because they can't afford it, whatever. Anyways, so a couple days ago, she increased her prices as she reopened her store. And she was like, amazed, because here's what happened. Nothing happened to her sales. They went up. It wasn't like she increased her prices and all of a sudden nothing happened. And here's the thing is like when you make decisions based on your inner coach, right, that intuitive gut feeling, and you care less about the ramifications of what other people think, you will always be on the better track, right? It's funny because 
a lot of, uh, like, think of this. I think if more people listen to themselves instead of other people, we'd all be better off. Because here's what happens. Here's how this plays out. Let's say you're in a conversation with, and I'll just give you an example from our, our world because it's obviously closest to me. So we'll speak to a prospective client about working with us. They're a 10 out of 10. They're like, yep, I want to do this. This sounds amazing. I just want to run it by my husband, or I just want to run it by the higher power, or I just want to run it by whoever. So I understand the need to consult with other people if necessary, um, but also at the same time, why should someone else's opinion be the deciding factor in your future? Especially if that person has no track record on what you're wanting to do. So I remember speaking to a lady way back in the day and she was really excited about working with us. And I told her right away, like, you know, does anyone else have to be on the phone with us to make sense of this conversation? She said, no, I make all my decisions. I have my own bank account, blah, blah, blah. I said, great. So you've got, you don't have a husband. She's like, yeah, I do. He's, he's in banking. He doesn't understand this. And normally I would say, well, great. Let's make sure all three of us are on the call. Let's pick a time tomorrow or later this week. But I didn't. And I said, let's just have the conversation anyways. So we had the conversation. And at the end, she said, I need to run this by my husband. And I, well, okay, like earlier in the call, you said you didn't, but now you do, whatever. So she does, and here's what happens. We have a follow-up the next day, and if, if this has ever happened to you, if this has ever happened to you, you're not alone, okay? When someone says, I need to think about it, it's done, okay? You've lost the sale, it's over. They come into your clinic or you work with them virtually, it's over 99% of the time. I don't care if you have a follow-up the next day, here's what's gonna happen. Hey, thanks so much for your time yesterday. I really appreciated it. Right? They're going to play the whole, like, you're such a nice guy type of thing. But after thinking about it some more, aka my husband got in my head, I decided this is not right for me. So here's the thing, is that she's more worried about what her husband thinks of her situation than being able to take control of her own situation. So husband's in banking, has no experience running his own business, has no understanding of the inherent risk that you have to take moving into uncertainty, right? And now we're taking advice from someone who has no experience or who has not achieved the thing we want to achieve, and now we're letting them hold us down. Yeah, totally, Michelle, like close-minded people, totally. But the thing is, they do this out of fear, right? The fear of loss. And so a lot of the things that are going to hold us back in life are fear, right? The fear of what other people think. What happens if I do this and I fail? What's my husband going to think of me? Is he going to say, well, here you go again, another failed attempt, okay? So to bring this all together, the big vice that hurts all of our businesses is the fear of being disliked. And if you can recognize how that shows up in your life and in your business and in your decisions, it's going to help you in multiple ways. For instance, I like with my kids, I'm a bit of a hard ass, to be honest with you. I'm very loving, but I'm also, I don't, I don't put up with their nonsense. And I tell them, I'm not here to make friends, guys. I'm here to prepare you for life, right? I'll love the hell out of you, but I'm not here to coddle you and, and take care of everything for you and pave the path in front of you because that doesn't prepare you for anything. And I think one of the things that I've recognized in myself is even though I'm a bit of a hard ass with my kids, I'm less so with um, colleagues 
um, in my business, for instance. Not that we have any issues to, to really uh, be hard on them about, but I've noticed that because of my inherent need at a root level to be liked by other people and avoid conflicts, I have actually had many occasions I can think about over the years where I've shied away from challenging discussions with people. And like I remember in one case, I had a person working for us two years because I was unwilling to face the facts of the of like, dude, have the conversation and just be done with it, right? So it shows up in a multitude of ways, right? Like, you know, wanting to be a friend to your kids instead of a parent, wanting to be a friend to your team members instead of the leader of the organization. Um, these are all ways that the fear of being disliked rears its ugly head and, they, and it holds us back all the time, right? Because what happens is like in the case of a team member, this actually just happened. I'll just, a very real example. So we let go, um, we had a graphic designer that was working for us for about, I want to say six months, and we just let him go uh, two weeks ago, and he's out in the Philippines, and I told him, I, I, I sent him a slide. Normally I do this over the phone, but because of the time difference and stuff, um, I just messaged him and I said, hey man, we're done. And he was completely caught off guard. And that was my bad. Okay, and here's why. If someone is ever caught off guard, if you let them go, that's your fault. Because they weren't aware of the problems that were being created throughout the journey. Even though multiple times, I would say at least from me, three or four times in the past six weeks had I told them this is not good enough, like it needs to be better, this is completely not what I'm looking for, it's not clear enough. What I should have said is this doesn't meet my expectations. If this continues, your job will be at risk. Just being very clear with people. But again, fear of being disliked, decided not to do that. And so what happens is even though I thought I was being very open with him, when push came to shove and we let him and I let him know that we had to let him go, he was completely blindsided. And that's my fault. So all this to say, do the hard things. And the hard things mean... Do the things that make you feel uncomfortable in the moment because in the long run, they're better for you and anyone else involved. And that means having tougher conversations. It means doing things that are not popular, right? That, that means sometimes seeking conflict instead of harmony, right? Because from conflict, not for the sake of looking for problems, but from conflict, you can have open discussions and really bring issues up to the table. And I think everything uh, just happens a lot better as a result of that. So Anyways, um, hopefully this message makes sense for you and resonates with you. If it does, give it a thumbs up. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Um, yeah, so that was just on my mind because I was doing some reading early this morning. And uh, there we go. So anyways, I hope you have a great start to your week, great start to your Monday. And I just want to encourage you to, to think about like how am I how am I making decisions based on the fear of being disliked or the fear of what other people are going to think if I do this or if I don't do this? And just be aware of it. Just acknowledge it. And just observe. Like, you don't have to, like, beat yourself up or anything. Just acknowledge how it's impacting your decisions. And if you can start to take control of that, you'll be a lot better off. Sound good? All right, guys. Have an amazing Monday. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye.